0: Hi there, you're listening to a special Sundance slash Slamdance edition of the Next Best Picture podcast. I'm your host, Will Mavity, and with me today, I have Becca Richin.
1: Hello, good to be here.
0: We also have with us the director and the cast of the Slamdance hit, Funny Story. Everybody introduce yourselves. <laughs> you go, Emily.
2: Yes, I, I am Emily Bette-Ricards. I play Kim in our film Funny Story here.
3: And I'm Matthew Glaive, and I play Walter in our film here.
2: And
4: I'm Jana Winternitz, and I play Nick in Funny Story.
3: And I'm
5: Michael Gallagher, director of Funny Story.
4: And for those of you who uh, can't see us, Michael just walked in the room, so welcome!
3: Wow. welcome. That's
5: really weird for people watching, because it just started. Down there! <laughs>
0: All right, so this was a fantastic film, we both enjoyed watching mm-hmm. it. Um, I have to ask, I mean, the first question for you is, Michael, where did this come from? You've
5: got you've got a background in horror films.
0: <laughs> I mean, how did
5: this come about in your mind?
0: Good question.
5: <laughs> well, you know, Steve Green and I, uh, you know, we have very twisted minds, I guess. And uh, we had been working in genre space and, like, doing all kinds of different things because we love all stories. But uh, we hadn't really done things that were kind of drawn from our lives and like people from our lives like we've kind of just been making everything up so we wanted to really ground it and and bring it there so I think it's just a lot of the kind of awkward family (laughs) experiences that we've had not necessarily it's not autobiographical in that sense but the feelings of the people are inspired by real people
1: Interesting. Yeah, I, I, when we were watching, we were like, whoa, like, you know, a lot of this dialogue, like, seemed really authentic, and we could, you know, relate to it a lot. And then, uh, yeah, uh, we were like, oh, my gosh, if this is pulled from real life, this scenario, <laughs> that will be nuts.
0: So, my next one has to be for you, of course. Um... Where on earth did you come for the character? It feels like a love child of William Shatner and George Clooney. Wow.
1: <laughs> so we'll look at that. I, I, have say, I have to say, I thought it was George Clooney when you were on the screen at first. Like, There's no way. And uh, but you really
3: like that. I don't know what to say. Um uh, better half. Well, I... I I wanted to play... Wait, I'm, I'm hearing to George oh, Clooney. <laughs> that, would, that was... This is a, just a little side note. That was my better half just behind the camera. Um, Not
2: George
0: Clooney.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's funny I that I wasn't necessarily trying to um, channel George Clooney. And who else? And Shatner. William, William Shatner. William Shatner. I was... Uh, be a deal with that <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of like Don Rickles and Carol Channing but the, that might not even catch with the younger crowd mm-hmm. but um the, we talk about the
4: Shatner song
3: though the Shatner mm-hmm. song the Shatner yeah. song please um, sing
2: it
4: can you sing the don't,
3: Shatner song uh no the Shatner song who you does he do it with? about his it. daughter, the daughter. oh oh there, his is, daughter. Is, oh there is, is there is a William Shatner, Shatner song and I and unfortunately knowing like we're talking right off the bat I don't know the name of it but he has this song that he sort of uh And I don't know why I'm blanking on the band that he plays, that plays with him. But he, he tells the story about meeting his daughter and he goes, hey, it's been a while. Uh, Here we've been living, we've been living only about six miles apart for the better part of 12 years. And he's never seen his daughter, but they live only like a Mm. couple of miles Mm -hmm. apart. And it's this whole talking song about, you know, um, so who are you dating now? And he's like, oh, it doesn't really matter. I don't want to, you know, and. But it's, it's a horribly sad song. I sent it to you, didn't yeah, I?
5: Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, but so, that wasn't necessarily my, intro- my uh, inspiration. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I didn't want to be the great William Shatner, um, even though I sent him a letter when I was in third grade. <laughs> oh,
1: my what God. What did God. the letter did say? Tap on I, I, I oh, clearly I tapped happens. into a Shatner I, I oh,
3: Everyone was writing a letter to President Nixon, and I, I sent a letter to oh, William President Shatner.
1: Shatner. <laughs> yeah,
3: President Shatner because of Star Trek. <laughs> um, he never... Responded. Oh. The, um, you call him Bill.
0: William so Shatner, well. if you're listening right now, you dropped the ball. This is uh, this is a travesty. But it's not
4: too late to respond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Send that
0: boy the letter. So <laughs> I, I guess th- that brings me how did you decide to have a Centaur, like Hercules-style Battlestar Galactica
5: combination? Ha- tell me yeah, about the th- creation yes. of... I mean, we just love camp. We love camp. We can't get enough of it. And, yeah, I think the, like, growing up, like, that's the stuff, like, that was on. You know, you'd come home from school and, you know, what do you want to watch? It's, like, soap opera, boring, you know, the news, boring. Ooh, like, (laughs) centaurs and aliens and lizard women and, like, what is happening? I don't know, but I'm watching a four-hour block. And now I haven't done my homework and I'm failing school. So, but, that's, but that was like, you know, like, uh, yeah, what, uh, what was it? The Adventures of Hercules and Xena, Warrior Princess and, and all those fun disappointed.
0: things. Disappointed!
5: Remember that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we tried to get Matt to scream disappointed, but uh, oh. he, he had it in his contract. He, uh, he, couldn't, he wouldn't do that. That's I wasn't going to step on anybody else's toes. <laughs> Matt doesn't scream. That.
2: No, <laughs> no, very, very leveled.
5: Yeah. yeah. We have our own sort of... Uh, disappointed, which is his call, the call of
3: Fagin's Breath, which is... <laughs> can you do the call of Fagin's Breath? I don't know if I can do that. Yes. Oh, you you can't. can't see it,
0: but you they can imagine it. it's, just, um, it's, it's for audio. It is,
3: it is. Um, Fagon! <laughs> and then
5: we would echo it out in post, and then a dragon would come and destroy the bad guys. <laughs> God, it
2: feels good to hear that again. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's been a couple months and I've lit up
1: Matt. Yeah, yeah, Happy that morning. was pretty fantastic. Feels safe
0: again. Oh, I, so, I do. It's so,
1: so safe in here. <laughs> I
0: feel like we're leaving the two ladies in the room out a little bit. So, <clears throat> Cheers. <laughs> I guess I'll start with each of you. Tell us a little bit about prepping for your character. You both had very emotionally complex characters. And I mean, you, you had to carry a lot of the emotional weight of the story on your shoulders. So tell me a little bit about what you did to get into character.
2: I'll tell you. I think I. Uh, I what was our
5: first day?
2: Was it
4: was when
0: three? Matt
2: shows up.
5: It was the meeting. It was literally yes. like yeah. The reveal. The reveal. The <laughs> secret <laughs> reveal <laughs> it was all on our first day. That was, yeah. oh, it was on all our first
2: day, day, which was quite magical. Mm-hmm. I think with this, I Kim has. I'm not. I'm. I mean, this is this is more me. This like a like almost like this weird anxiety and like she's always uncomfortable and I for some reason I'm not like that in my real life and then I was just so easily able to feel uncomfortable for like <laughs> three weeks like I was just like she's uncomfortable I guess I'll be uncomfortable we um we did like a little bit of hair change which always helps me just because when you look in the mirror you, you look a little different and um sometimes when you just step into like wardrobe and that sort of thing and and I don't know it was I I listen to different types of music on the ride up We were always driving somewhere that was like a little bit further of a distance, which is, you know, you kind of turn your phone off and you're just like zen in, get there, and we had such a beautiful crew and a beautiful team. And then, you know, you just step into sort of this self-destructive inside woman of a bomb. Like she's completely attacking herself 85
0: to 95% of the time. Did you ever know what the letter from the mother said, or did you just kind of create something for yourself?
2: Um, there was actually writing on the letter And it's like It's a blackout for me to be honest But I I remember reading it once I didn't want to read it Until we did our first take And then I read it on our first take And I was like just
0: really sad
2: <laughs> <laughs> And then I, I was like I won't read this unless we're shooting Because I
0: didn't want to like desaturize these. So those tears um, were very authentic there at the end
2: like. And it was, all, you know, it was also like our last day It was like, our last day of shooting So there's kind of all this like goodbyes We were always in this day of goodbyes The day of like you know, last drive, road trip movies. I always find have that sort of um, feeling, anyways, because you're going through a huge transition, um, and they're about you know driving to the next point or moving through your life in a way. And we were just sort of in this day of goodbyes, and it was foggy and like kind of just this weird mellowed um, sadness and acceptance at the same time that day.
0: It was a long time ago to tap back into the... Yeah,
2: I was <laughs> yeah. like cutting kind it, of like. Oh. <laughs>
0: So what about on your end? Tell us a little bit about developing your character.
2: Yeah,
4: absolutely. Um, So, I mean, the usual stuff of just breaking apart the script and going over it. um, And then I also actually, um, I did a big hair change. I chopped off all my hair.
0: (laughs) Oh, you actually got a cut for the role.
4: I did, yes. Um, Yeah, and wardrobe, everything, all the physical attributes just help kind of settle you in. Um, And music is a big one for me as well, just kind of to get in the headspace. And then I think you do all the prep and then you show up on set. You work with great people and, you know, you, you're in the moment and you kind of work off. Like Emily and I really, we had met once before, or, well, a couple times before, but once over coffee about the yeah. project. And then we hadn't really chatted. Um, so so funny because like, that was
2: before we started shooting too. So we're both in a different mind space exactly. and we're having these great conversations about this wonderful script. <laughs> yeah. it and it's like you take on the character and you're sort of like, all right. Okay. Yeah. I'm a different person
4: now. But I remember, like, when you, you know, day one
2: even, we just, like, went off
4: and, like, talked for, like, Mm -hmm. hours about, like...
3: (laughs) Another interesting thing about um, Jana is, uh, aside from uh, her role in the movie, she's also producing the movie. So here it is. It's an independent film, yes? So she's sitting here in wardrobe half the time if she's not (laughs) shooting, uh, writing checks to the crew and, (laughs) and doing... You know, doing scheduling, and so oh she kid, and watching her shift from like you know the office right into there to doing the scenes, <laughs> fantastic to watch.
0: That's incredible. Different parts of the brain. <laughs> okay, so we're we're obviously talking about you know we have two we have two very strong women here clearly we have a producer here, and this is a film that chose to tackle LGBTQ issues. So I was curious, uh, what were you hoping to add to the LGBTQ conversation with this film? What would you like people to take away from it? I think I just wanted
5: to. to you know, be authentic and, and to, to just treat it with love and just the whole story is really about love. Like, mm-hmm. that's what it is. And it's about people trying to find it and, and you know, people who are afraid of it. And, um, you know, there's so many people in my life that have meant so much to me that, that are part of that community and people in my family. And so I think I just wanted to have a respectful story that represented them in just like a very, you know, direct way. Um, you know, and we didn't want to make that the centerpiece of the movie either, like we didn't want to make it necessarily about that, it was really about these, these people that are going through something um, and so yeah, I think it's it was, it was great, I mean the, the whole cast was, um, I thought we had a great ensemble, there was just a, it was just a great energy every day
4: amazing like, group of women, yeah,
5: yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. not included
0: so what about the music choices there? I, when we got a off-key version of House of the Rising Sun, I was like, okay, I'm on board with this film. So how did you choose some of these songs
5: in there? Uh, well, music, <laughs> I think these kind of movies, uh, you know, these like kind of indie road trip movies, like the, the music and the soundtrack, like they really just help bring you into the environment. And so, yeah, we, you know, there's some, you know, like we have Love and Spoonful song in there that opens the movie. And, you know, that's, that's a band that just, like, I think, Kind of helps embody that sort of like '60s, you know, California um, road trip vibe that we wanted to set, and um, and then we also had a song by Childish Gambino, uh, Redbone, in there for the party scene, which I think, especially along, among among uh, millennials, has become like a it's like the hip cool like party yeah, song, like the
4: summer anthem. <laughs> and so yeah. I think to
5: juxtapose, you know, Walter, who's this, you know, guy in his '50s, and he's like with all these these. Young women who are like partying and doing all this. He's such a fish out of water, and I think it's just so funny to to see this, you know, uh, you know, straight white male amongst all these like great, like powerful women, and he's just like he is the odd one out, and he is the weakest link. And it's well, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's that's try, your he's, interpretation. <laughs> that's my interpretation. Um, but no, it was uh, it was a blast. No, and music, and then our our composer Brandon Campbell um, did an original score for the movie as well, and. um Yeah, he just uh, we had we had a lot of influence in like uh, ukulele and Hawaiian styles because there's like a theme of going to Hawaii. Hawaii being a place that like solves all your problems. It's Mm -hmm. like an oasis. That
1: credit song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. That's that's very fitting. When when the
0: ukuleles come in the end credits, that was (laughs) that was a high point of the film. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to ask him a couple questions?
1: Um. Yeah. So I I really liked how you guys broke the film into three title cards and kind of, you know, broke it up that way. What was the thought process behind doing that?
5: Well, the movie's really just about, you know, three people. Um, it's about Walter, it's about Kim, and it's about Nick. And so it, it just sort of naturally made sense that, you know, when you introduce each character and start following them, that they have that title card that just sort of sets the viewer up saying, like, okay, this is this person's perspective, and, and we're with them now. Um, and then, and what's interesting about it is, is you know, uh, Janice's character, Nick, doesn't show up for until like kind of the end of the first act, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a big way. Like we mm-hmm. see her a little bit on the phone, but we're not really like fully knowing what's going on with her. So it was fun to kind of like unravel the mystery of these people and how they're connected and um, what's going on with them. So it, I think it helps to sort of set the viewer up for uh, all the, the hilarious tragedy that comes okay. <laughs> later in the movie.
1: Yeah. I always love it because, you know, you start a movie and you think you know who the main character is and you're like, this is who I'm going to follow. I'm going to really attach myself to this person really care what happens to them. And then, whoa, all of a sudden, now it's Kimberly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about designing this little escape lodge. Uh, does this place exist or is this you and your team put together? Because I kind of want to go there now.
5: It's a yeah. real place. It's um, we, You know, the movie takes place in Big Sur, but, uh, you know, for logistics and production reasons we actually ended up shooting in Topanga Canyon Mm -hmm. um, and we found this amazing spot that actually had never been filmed in before Uh, we found it on Airbnb Mm -hmm. and it was uh, it's like this oasis in the woods and it was it's all handcrafted Um, the homeowners like you know uh, worked in steel they have all these like steel like architecture and local artist she does
4: help us, exquisite. Oh, yeah. exquisite and yeah. she
5: really didn't want us to film there and so it was like months of toxing and bribing and you know we were just obsessed with it we found it online we were like obsessed we with this place like we like, has hey, she seen it just yeah. interrupt. she's seen bits and so, <laughs> like, she was actually really happy with the shoot she she said yeah. we're welcome back anytime so we didn't you know, destroy yeah. it the
4: whole
0: whole cast
5: we, we wanted yeah. to stay there after yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah you gotta go there it's on Airbnb So
0: too, there's a yes. teepee yes. there. A the TV that TV was there.
5: Yeah. Oh my god, in the original script, we didn't have a teepee, we found this place. We wrote the teepee in the script, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's
1: so, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The backdrop. <laughs> yeah, as you mentioned in the film.
5: <laughs> okay, so um,
0: you found this obviously that saved a bit on production design, but tell us, you know, Dance uh, is the home of indie films, small films. How did you guys get such impeccable production value? Because this looks like a multi million dollar movie, I mean. Tell us a little bit about running with this production and making a low-budget picture that looks so good.
5: Well, you know, we're so blessed to have such an amazing team. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, you know, we have a company called Cinnamand, and uh, we've been working for three years. It's uh, Jana Winternitz, Michael Wormser, and myself. And, uh, you know, we've just been coming together, and... We've kind of learned from the scrappy, you know, I came from YouTube and doing a YouTube channel and sketch comedy and things online. But our aim was always to elevate everything we were doing and like bring as much production value as possible to, to everything. And so as we started to do movies, um, we just built that team up. And so no matter what the project is, big, small, huge, budget, small budget, like everybody kind of comes together for these things. Because they know even if this one is a smaller budget, then the next one will bring them on to the you know, big commercial or big movie. So it's, you know, we, we got like kind of our A-team to come together and make this thing. And everyone, um, you know, I think from just reading the script, like I think wanted to be a part of it because it, it wasn't a product that we were making. It was like telling a, a story that, you know, we wanted to connect with people, and it, you know, it came from the heart. So I think, I think sometimes when you, when you have that passion and you have like so much love that you want to share with people, like it can be infectious. And so everybody just kind of is like signs on and says, I'm in. So I think that that was a huge benefit. Um, but yeah, and, and Michael has a, a,
3: a partner in crime who, uh, Greg Cotton, mm-hmm. the DP, who has a fantastic eye, and on every break he's looking for something just to capture something and, and, and he can read what Michael wants very quickly and adapt it and alter it a little bit. and they, they just read each other really well. He he's, has a great eye. He's a really creative guy.
4: And you guys have a great uh, relationship because you've done a bunch of movies together. Yeah. So that shorthand helps this, so much.
5: This is our third feature doing together. So, so you worked on, what, Smiley with him? Was no, we did um, We did a movie called Internet Famous. And mm. then we also did uh, The Thinning and then Funny Story. So, and we've done some YouTube stuff as well.
0: Yeah. Greg's amazing. <laughs> so Greg is great. Yeah, yeah. I do want to
5: ask you while we're on the YouTube train, what's next for you? You know, we actually are working with YouTube Red on a thriller, so mm. we're in development on that right now, and um, yeah, just this movie is, has been such a labor of love. You know, it was like we willed it into existence, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so right now we're just excited to you know screen it at Slam Dance and then you know kind of take it on the, the festival tour and show it to people and, and get it out there.
0: What else would the, th- the remaining three of you like to tell us about the film? What would you like people to take away
3: from it? I would like to ask you. Yes. Because we we know <laughs> what we feel about it because we did it, but I want to know what you watched and what you thought. Like how you what? Feel. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like what? It's it's more exciting to actually hear how it affected you. You know, like you say, you know, you know who is Kim, and it's like, well, who who do you think Kim? I mean, how did it? affect you you know what is there things that like like the way that the narrative kind of messed with you a little bit did you find that you know what what did you guys think so
0: i i can say that there was a point in the film where i thought i know exactly where this is going about the third into the third act and then it just swerves completely i think both of our jaws dropped when
1: yeah well i think we both got extremely invested in the relationships of the characters very quickly yeah and we were commenting throughout the whole thing we were like are they gonna hook up oh my gosh that would be crazy and i was like no there's no way they're not going to hook up i will be mad i will be so mad if they hook up that is so unfair to nick uh thank you uh, (laughs) i'm um, sorry um, yeah how dare you i know (laughs)
4: the whole time i'm like the best person ever though (laughs) i mean it's like yeah Yeah.
0: i was we, we were floored when it took that swerve, and basically the two of them kissed. And so that, that was a jaw dropper. But I think it was a really, it was a film that left me, you know, emotionally raw, is probably the term I would use. Uh, because while it is very funny, there's a lot of humor, you know, you wreck everybody, ha- everybody has to some extent somebody they went to college with who's Moon.
5: Basically, awesome, <laughs> so awesome. Yes. We love mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Really you know, Holland, this is a. Billy incredible. Where did yeah. Moon come from? <laughs> yeah, I have to know. I think just like you said, there's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> moons out there. And a lot of people that you know, I call them space cadets. They're just like floating in space, and maybe they took too much acid. Maybe they've had an ayahuasca trip, and they are just connected to the universe in a way we aren't. But they know things. I'm convinced yeah. that there are people that know things, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just not these things. Just, <laughs> just not the social things between all of us. Yeah. But yeah, Lily Holloman plays uh, is yeah, yeah.
0: incredible. Lily Moon was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I,
5: Moon was a standout
0: for me. But yeah, it, uh, it it was a very funny film, but it left me emotionally raw. And I, I did like there's a lot of ambiguity. You know, I was I was wondering because even there at the end, um, I don't want to spoil everything about yeah. the film, obviously, but. I, I'm still not certain whether the final shot is exactly how it was perceived is that that's deliberately ambiguous, I assume, or is that meant to be a pretty. Yeah, I think we, it's always
5: hard to talk around something. When the, when the but spaceship
4: <laughs> shows up? Is that what we're talking when about? When the yeah, aliens land. Yeah. When, sorry, <laughs> did I just? Yeah. The call of Fagin's breath is yeah. real, Levels actually. Right. It's not
3: yeah. a. After the great robo war. We see that Nick has three arms. <laughs> <laughs> and she oh, pulls. Well, really it really helps her in it. her Olympic swim, <laughs> which is uh, the next movie. Uh, uh, uh.
5: <laughs> yes. No, um, you know, I think. I think the kind of movies I come back to again and again are the ones that don't necessarily give you all of the answers. They yeah. leave it up to the viewer to fill in some of the blanks and to, to to bring their own experiences to it. I think that was something we all kind of deliberately wanted to do and, and leave that room for the audience to participate um, because those are the movies that I go back to again and again and again. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was fun to... I think it wraps up. I think the movie wraps up. It's not a cliffhanger ending yeah. or anything. That's also <laughs> why I
3: like whether it was only Michael or the two of you or, or whoever. The I, the title of the movie is a great title of a movie because mm. it doesn't mean that it's funny, funny necessarily. Yeah. It's like, hey, funny story. And then they tell you a cringing story about something that happened with all these movies. Something moments. horrible. It's a great usually. title <laughs> for, yeah. for a, funny ha Because you don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: Do both of you.
0: Uh, feel like your characters have grown by the end of this film? Do you, do you feel optimistic for where your characters are going to go once this film has ended?
2: I think the final opening of the letter for Kim was sort of her saying, like, I'm willing to take the next step, which I don't think she was throughout this entire film or, like, this the moments we've seen her in her life previously. because She's clearly been making these types of mistakes for a while, and then when we pick up with her, she makes a bunch that we get to actually see. And I hope that, I can hope, <laughs> um, because I don't know where she is now. And I, I I hope that the opening of the letter was the acceptance to something greater. Um, with that said, I believe she's been given the chance before and has still ended up here. Sorry. (laughs) I
4: think
2: you're gonna be okay. I mean, I'm
4: okay. I'm here with you. I
2: believe
4: in Kim. (laughs) Kim really is
0: And obviously, you're you're getting adored at Creature Con, but well, I
3: I you know I think of it like um because we talked about the end of the movie and and sort of the the tone of it, right? And and I thought I like the same slightly ambiguity, but at least there's a, a feeling of a reprieve. Just by virtue of the fact that what unfolds you know there's like a we don't know but it is what it is now so you know I think there's the word hope pops up again so there's hope mm. in, of a reprieve you know
0: well we're getting close to the end of our time here I do want to ask I've already asked Michael of course but I want to ask the rest of you uh, tell us what you're all working on next we can start with
2: um, yeah I'm on, a, I'm on a show called Arrow we shoot till April um, I believe we're doing another season that's been announced yet, but I believe we will be if not uh, open prior um, and I have a couple things in the works for um, May and June that haven't been released yet so we'll hear about those soon
0: oh that sounds fantastic I'm sure you're joining the new Quentin Tarantino Star Trek am I right? Uh, <laughs> I, I,
3: I'm not the, um, you should be uh, the, uh, I'm going to be in the um, I go to work in a couple of weeks on Damien Chazelle has a movie mm. called uh, First Man mm. about Buzz Aldrin, so I'll be going to work on that, cool. and um, and I also uh, will be finishing up on a show Angie Tribeca that I've been on, and also uh, maybe continuing with Better Things. I think they were uh, Better Things is a really great um, comedy. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Pam Adlon. Adlon. It's an anti-comedy. It's it's (laughs) like, it is a crushing and brutal comedy. Kind of like Funny Story. It is. It really is. It really is. I think you have a a type. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And finally.
4: Awesome. And I'm actually collaborating with Michael Gallagher on this thriller uh, for YouTube Red. Um, And we're also back in the development mode. So we have a couple um, shows. We have a couple new features. So we're in, Yeah. Creation
5: mode. (laughs) Yes. It's sleep slash creation mode right
4: now. I don't think there's a lot of sleep happening at Slamdance. No. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Uh, Of course. All right.
0: This has been brought to you by a collaboration between the Next Best Picture podcast and Slamdance as well as Pierce Law Group. So really quickly, any final thoughts from all of us?
5: I just want to say that I'm—I was so blessed to have such amazing actors to work with on this movie. I mean, Emily is like absolutely incredible. I think you showed a new side of yourself in this movie. I'm so excited for people to see it. Your left side. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's good, right? Yeah.
5: Yeah, the left side. She always from works from, right, from the right.
2: right? Oh, yeah. It only shoots right. Contract only. I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm so grateful to be given the chance. Yeah. Yeah. You, really took, it. Yeah, you took. a
5: leap. And, and same Thank with you. Matt and Janet. Like they're people that I've, I've worked with before, and um, you know, in this role, we asked a lot to go deeper and really you know go to a emotional place and they both just absolutely nailed it and you know we're such a joy to work with every day so it's wonderful. To...
3: and Michael and Jana are a power team yeah um, they're only going to do bigger uh, great great things cuz they're they're really solid they know what they want then they're and they're open to where it could go as well and they're just a great it's an honor to be part of their story so.
4: Matt! You can't
5: see it, but there's tears from every... Yeah. Yeah. Including tears. the two guys yeah. are part
4: of the family now, so yeah. <laughs> you know how we work. We work with same people over and over, so... Yeah, we love you guys.
0: So. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for your time. You can find me on Twitter at Mavericks Movies, and you can look, find the podcast at NextBestPicture.com, as well as at NextBestPicture on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much. Please go see Funny Story. It's here at Slanda- Dance uh starting on today today sunday, <laughs> to sunday the 21st yes. yes
5: and then you'll be showing again wednesday uh the 24th at ten thirty a.m wednesday the 24th at treasure mountain inn
0: at the treasure mountain inn so keep an eye out for michael gallagher and his wonderful team and keep an eye out for funny stories thank you so much and thanks for listening